1: We would be honored if you would join us. Welcome back to the Rebel Alliance Media Podcast. In the studio, back with you are Pooty and P-Nate. It is 2018, it is January 3rd, and we are back with another year full of uh, rebellious goodness. Rebellious goodness, I like that. Rebellious goodness. Uh, it's been a great year. It's been a great year, and we are uh, pumped to do another year.
0: The re- the rebellion is a little bit snowballing. I'm gonna just throw this out there. I don't know. If snowballing? I feel like that means building momentum. Oh yeah, I thought that it, was an no, it does. I just
1: thought it was. Um, we we're also talking about the we, weather. We went snowy. from our
0: seven listeners. I'm fairly confident we're in double figures now. So there's that, which is good. <laughs> at least ten. I think there's at, uh, le- at least. No, nah, I'm not 10. even gonna say. That I think there's at least twelve.
1: At least 12. Honestly, man, it's, <laughs> uh, it's been going really well, and, uh, and we're very, very thankful for uh, everything that we've been able to do through this, and, uh, and the truth is, we wouldn't be able to do it without our friends. We are uh, proud members of the Berean Media Network, and, uh, and by now, I think the Berean Media Network, uh, all the other podcasts will be done their, uh, their break. Sabbaticals. You know, their sabbaticals. Those sabbaticals. Um, so the, the Berean Media Network is a, a group of podcasts that got together, who push each other's content, who encourage one another who uh, kind of uh, influence one another and and quite honestly compete with one another uh, to put out the best content. But they are uh, the Layman's Cup, which comes out on Mondays, uh, the Front Pew also coming out on Mondays, and the Two Thieves. And we are looking forward to another year working alongside uh, our brothers in arms there.
0: I I believe... We are looking to expand. Is this is this a thing that I'm allowed to talk about on the podcast? I don't know. Uh, I, I don't know. I feel like I feel I, like Kemp's I, thrown it out a couple times. He
1: has. Yeah, yeah. We're definitely looking to expand. We're looking to add um, some some new perspectives and new voices. So um, yeah. yeah, I look forward to that. And uh, and just pray for for us, for this ministry, and for the the network uh, that God continues to use it because it's been a, a pretty wild ride.
0: 10, 10 months 70 almost 80 80 videos and podcasts released yeah in 10 months so we're going we've, been busy. <laughs> we we've been busy been busy. Yeah. We, we don't take breaks like we mentioned on the last video <laughs> yeah um unlike our other members of the the podcast yeah, we we, we um, work hard we're canadians we're canadians like we we don't take those breaks you know one of us is a pastor so you know most I only work li- one day a week. Most so. of his life is a break. Uh, just <laughs> yeah, teasing. Yeah.
1: Although we did we did throw out a couple of uh, of uh, sermons uh, o- over the month of December. So hopefully you enjoyed those. You got to hear each of us preach.
0: Well, that is definitely not a break for me. It takes me like <laughs> a month to write. A <laughs>
1: but uh, yeah so uh, so anyway here we are it's 2018 we have some uh, kind of a light episode just to kind of work our way back into the year uh but uh, before we do that i understand we had a couple of uh listeners who sent in some email questions over the christmas holidays so we want to get to those yes we did what
0: did they say all right so the first question it's a bit of a doozy for you okay um has heaven been created yet or will it be created once the day of judgment occurs? Go. Uh,
1: Yes. Uh, The Bible teaches that heaven has been created. Uh, Jesus calls himself uh, or, or, or says that he has all authority in heaven and on earth. Um there's also several uh instances in the Bible where it talks about individuals getting a vision of of what's going on in heaven. Uh so Daniel gets this in Daniel chapter seven, Daniel chapter nine, um, and uh and then Ezekiel gets this. Paul um, gets it. Paul gets it. Um Isaiah and Isaiah chapter six. So there there are moments in scripture where where people get kind of a glimpse of what's going on in heaven. And uh, and I think a lot of times you have to understand that the writers are writing there from their perspective, they're using human words, they're using, um, you know, their eyes and their uh, understanding. And, and so they're describing things that they can't that are quite honestly indescribable. So um, but they're, they're they they get a glimpse of what's going on there. Um Jesus again, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Um the other thing is that uh Jesus ascended in front of the disciples. So the idea is where did he go? He's either sitting on a, on the clouds up and uh, up in the sky, like uh in a Philly cheese commercial, <laughs> <Eating> cream, <laughs> Philly cheese, cream yeah. cheese commercial. Um or uh he ascended and that was uh kind of him heading off into heaven, uh which isn't to suggest that heaven is up, but um we can maybe talk about that another time. Um, and then the other thing that I would say is uh, in In Acts, uh, I think it's chapter eight, when Stephen is stoned to death, right? He gets a vision and he sees into heaven and he actually sees that Christ is sitting at the right hand of the, sitting at the right hand of the father, seated at the right hand of the father. Um, So he sees that. And that's, um, I think, you know, God kind of opening up his eyes to um, what's going on in heaven, kind of to provide some comfort for him as he's about to die. And lastly in, in uh, 1 Corinthians 15 uh, Paul quotes uh, Psalm 1101 that talks about Christ sitting at the right hand of the Father as all enemies are being put underneath his feet in victory. So um, and, and, and essentially he's not going to rise up, and, and leave heaven and come back to earth until all his enemies are made his footstool. He's going to come back to judge the last enemy himself and that's death. So I think the Bible does teach that heaven has been created. Um, I think we know less about it than we think we do in terms of what it looks like. I think, uh, you know, some of the standard books that pastors and, and, and church librarians put into people's hands like heaven by Randy Alcorn and stuff like that. Um, I think they go a lot of times beyond the scope of the text, which is what makes things like heaven is for real so popular. Cause people want to know, and the Bible doesn't give us kind of a, the blueprints. Um, but, uh, we shouldn't go beyond scripture. We should be content to know that it's a place where the presence of God is, where we are perfected, where we get to dwell with Christ. Um, but also recognizing that that's not our final resting place. Heaven is Amen. called the intermediary state because it is where we go. Um, when, you know, when we, our spirits leave our bodies, but Earth is our final dwelling place. Christ comes back here with all all those who are in the intermediary state. So heaven is our home, or heaven is not our home. We're just passing through earth is our home and our final uh, uh the final place where heaven comes
0: down to meet earth yeah so i, th- I think you're i think you just opened <clears throat> us up to a whole bunch more questions on that. <laughs> <laughs> maybe yeah <laughs> feel free january is going to be a fun month i think yeah um yeah i think i think the key thing for me when in the whole idea like what's heaven like and all that stuff jesus describes it as paradise yeah and we know that being in heaven is with him. Right. And exactly. That's all I want. Yep. So it's going to be great. Whatever it looks like, I'm going to love it. So Absolutely. Absolutely. Jesus describes it as paradise. It's good enough for me.
1: Yep. So yeah, for sure.
0: That's one of our questions. Okay. What gonna, else do we got? I'm throwing you on the spot here. Okay. I, I didn't even warn you before we started recording <laughs> that I was doing this to you. So just
1: take, so that. I might not have an answer is what you're saying.
0: That'd be great. <laughs> content but we probably just edit it out um that's never happened in our relationship though you always have an answer um anyway how do you go about answering claims that the bible has been misinterpreted and influenced by people twisting it and can't be accurate as it's been handed down from one generation to the next and people have added and taken away from it each time right bam
1: um, okay, so there's a, there's a couple things that I would uh, say to that. I would say, uh, number one, th- yes, of course, the Bible has been misinterpreted. Um, we're, not, we're not denying that at all. There's plenty of people. We talk about a lot of them on this podcast, <laughs> uh, people who misinterpret the Bible. And the truth is, I mean, we're not saying that as people who have all the answers. I'm sure there's there are blind spots in our own understanding of Scripture, and I'm sure I'm wrong about a, a number of things. Um, but... Uh, somebody misinterpreting the Bible does not make all of it invalid, right? So I think that there's a couple things. Um, so here's what I'll say. If, if, if this particular listener wants to go into this topic fully, um, I would encourage you to go and, uh, and actually read a lot of James White stuff on... Um, on how manuscripts are redacted and and uh, how we look at manuscript evidence, because the Bible is actually overwhelmingly um, supported in the way that people. Um, kind of look at medieval documents and 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 try to uh, claim how valid they are. So the Bible the, the just the number of manuscripts alone, the 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 closeness to when the events happened uh, before we have our earliest manuscripts, all of these kinds of things are taken into account when we look at the historical uh, validity of of a, an old text but I don't wanna get super technical on the podcast here. I wanna, be, especially because I learned a lot of this stuff from James White, so I would say go and look at James White, look at textual criticism, uh, look at his biblical archeology span stuff, look at his um, manuscript evidence, uh, just, just YouTube James White Bible, and you'll get this stuff. Um, the part, here's, here's what I do, and, and I would just say, the, the question boils down to this, can we trust the Bible, right? And and because it's been misinterpreted and because it's been mishandled is not a good reason to disregard everything it says. I'll give you five reasons why I think that the Bible can be trusted. Um, and, and I'll even uh, give you a little mnemonic device to help you remember it.
0: Are so, all five of them God is sovereign?
1: <laughs> maybe. Um, no, no. So, so look at your hand wherever you are right now, unless you're driving. Well, yeah, you can drive with one hand. So look at your hand right now. You got five fingers. So. Eyes
0: on the road, though.
1: <laughs> Fair enough. Um, so here, here are five things. So your pinky finger starts with a P. Um, and so when you think of your pinky finger, think of prophecy. So one thing that the Bible has going for it is that in the Old Testament uh, there are predictions, there are prophecies um, that about the world, right? So you look at Daniel chapter two and you look at the prophecies concerning the four kingdoms that would rule the world. You look at Isaiah chapter 45 when Isaiah names Cyrus, 150 years before Cyrus of the Medo-Persian Empire um, ever walked the earth. Um, You look at some of the predictions about Christ and his life and who he would be. Isaiah 53, that he would die a substitutionary death. uh, Psalm 22, that he would die on a cross. All these kinds of things. These are prophecies that if you look into the manuscript evidence, you look at when these things were authored. There's something supernatural about the predictions the Bible makes and then the things that come true. So think of the prophecies. Um, you look at, uh, your next finger beside your pinky finger, it's, it's your ring finger, right? And so when you look at the ring finger, the, the, the finger that we put our wedding rings on, uh, a, a wedding ring symbolizes unity. And so you think, um, the Bible is a unified document. It's 66 books authored by over 40 different people and all of it tells one cohesive story about God. And his redemptive plan for people. If you take ten random people from all walks of life and ask them big questions about God, um, the universe, uh, sin, they will all give you you know ten different answers. But here are 66 books, 40 different authors, and they all tell one story about a sovereign and good God. The attributes of God are consistent throughout. Some of these are. Kings. Some of them are prophets. Some of them are peasants. Some of them are teachers. Some of them are fishermen, um, and yet they all explain a cohesive story about God. Um, you look at your next finger. It's your big finger, right? Uh, the middle finger, the one you flip the bird to with. Um, Hopefully not. <laughs> the uh, the big finger. Think big finger. Big questions. So. No matter what worldview or what your authority is, so we're talking about the Bible as an authority, but whatever your authority is, for it to be an authority in your life, it has to answer the big questions. And I've looked at other religions and quite frankly, the way that they answer the big questions of life, what's the purpose? Where do we come from? Who created it? um, Where are we going? What's our purpose in life? Um, why is there suffering and evil in the world? Um, all of these kinds of questions that every worldview has to answer, I think the Bible answers them in a way that rings true. So for example, I, I looked into, when I walked away from the faith, I looked into Eastern religions like Buddhism and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And, um, and Buddhism actually says that all suffering is, is an illusion. And as, as somebody who'd gone through uh, quite recently at that time, some difficult things in my life, um, the idea that suffering is just an illusion didn't ring true to me, my suffering felt real. When you look at the Bible, it has good answers for why there's suffering in the world and what God's going to do about it. So, um, so again, you have kind of a, a, another piece of evidence. Um, you think of the, your index finger, your pointer finger, your index finger, think about the Bible as an index to history. When you look at the Bible, it it tells the history of of God's people and God's redemptive plan, but it's interesting that um, historians have accused the Bible of misinformation many, many times, and many, many times they've been proven wrong. It's been interesting that um, for the Hittites, Right. So um, historians often accuse the Bible of, of mentioning these people called the Hittites and history knew nothing of the Hittites. They weren't where uh, the Bible places them. When the Bible places them, there had been no records of a people called the Hittites. Um, and so historians accused the Bible of, of being false. Well, what happened? More archaeology Uh, more things got dug up, more research, more history, more time. And suddenly what happened outside the Bible, the Hittites are confirmed. They start digging things up and they recognize that there's this, this people called the Hittites. They lived when the Bible said, and this goes on and on. If you look at biblical archeology span for Sodom and Gomorrah or Jericho or some of these things, um, you'll find that the Bible's history is stellar. And so a, a document that tells history that well um, can be trusted, at least in its history. The last one is your thumb. And um, when you think of your thumb, you think of thumbs up or thumbs down. Um, in, in the olden days, um, in the gladiator games, right, um, the, uh, the Caesar would either give the thumbs up they live thumbs down, they die. Right. And, uh, and so when I think of the thumb, thumbs up or thumbs down, I think about the Bible being able to change lives, bring dead people to life. And so throughout history you have the, um, the Bible, um, people who have been influenced by the Bible have done wonderful things in history. They have had their lives changed. You look at men like William Wilberforce who have changed the course of human history because of the influence the Bible had on him. So none of these, I don't think any of these reasons are a bullet, a silver bullet this is why you can trust the Bible. But when you put all those things together and make a fist with them, you recognize that the, the Bible ha- there are reasons why we trust the Bible. And all of these things point to it not just being a book written by men about god but there's something supernatural that can bring all these elements together there's no other book like it and so it's a book uh by god given to men so that's a longer answer than i meant to say but that's uh that's that's kind of how i would approach it with your particular the, the the listener who sent in that question
0: i didn't realize you were going to give us like a whole acronym i didn't either <laughs> i didn't like, either but yeah yeah i'm totally fine with it permit is that the <laughs> per bit. That's the, oh, yeah. that's There's the not much of an acronym. But it doesn't work, but well. that's five yeah. points then. Yeah, there you go. That's I felt unreal. like John Piper there. You did you? John, you John Piper this podcast. <laughs> no, you he was like, like, I have five points yeah. on that, pooty, yeah. Yeah. And here they are. Bam, 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 bam. I thought my answer just God is sovereign. He <laughs> yeah. kept it. was was accurate as well yeah
1: yeah. not quite as in-depth and good. so anyway there's there's and and like i said james white will put all everything that i just said he'll give you way more but that's just a simple mnemonic device that i've often used to to kind of just tell people that the bible can be trusted here's some simple things without even getting really technical with stuff Um, here's some simple answers so hopefully that's helpful for the listener
0: yeah, I think I think it's absolutely uh, probably will be absolutely helpful. I don't know. They haven't listened to this yet to know <laughs> the, the fruit of it. I just I for me, I just always think it it comes down to like if if you need these kind of evidences to prove the Bible to be true. You need to maybe st- stop and just think of what you're actually saying. Like, nothing is going to make faith in your heart except for Christ Himself. You know I mean, these things right. are absolutely s- are secondary evidences to help you in your faith, right? Um, so I just always think seek the face of God, and He'll reveal these things to you. That sounded very charismatic, but <laughs> no, you know what but I mean. I, you know yeah. what I mean. Anyway. So. um that was heavier than we expected to yeah, go. Here. Yeah,
1: because this, this is uh, going to be kind of a light episode, actually. So we don't actually have a whole lot of meat to get into. So there's your meat. Now we're going to give you dessert. Um, but uh, <laughs> is that no? Is that Sure. Not? Yeah, okay. Sure. Um, so here's, here's what I was thinking to do. Uh, just kind of talk about a year in review and then the year looking forward. Um, and so this time of year, there's a lot of talk about New Year's resolutions, right? <laughs> Um, uh, there's a band, you, you know, the band too, and maybe our listeners do uh death Cab for cutie. And there's a, uh, there's a song, I think it's called new year and they call, and he calls, uh, uh, the new year's resolutions, self-assigned penance for problems with easy solutions, which always stuck with me. I thought that was really good. Um, did you make any new year's
0: resolutions? No, I, I, I no, that's actually not true. I think I just lied to everybody. I, <laughs> I make the same new year's resolutions every year. Okay. And that is just to to just to try to do more. You know right. what I mean? And what I mean by that, I, this is going to sound super. I just mean something about New Year's makes you reflect on the last year. I think For it's sure. just the For way sure. culture has yep. trained our minds, and we're I know we're to retrain our minds, but some of it still sticks. So you look back on the, over the last year, and you're like, I, I dropped the ball here. I dropped the ball here. I dropped, I spent all this time doing. X, Y, and Z, that was a waste of time. Yeah. And at the beginning of the year, like these are, these are the things I want to accomplish this year. It's always the same answer. I want to be more like Christ by just January 1st, 2019 <laughs> than I am January 1st, yeah. 2018. How do, I, how do I help that? And that's, you know, serve him, seek him, read the Bible, pray, serve, yep. do all those things. So I just, my New Year's resolution is just do more. Um, so I realize that sounds super weird, but that's no, that's, that's mine. Yeah. And maybe lose some weight. <laughs> Fair enough. Go to the gym, you know. <laughs> I'm just kidding.
1: You know what's funny is that I actually go to the gym the least in January than I do any other time of year just because it's so packed. Every, every time you go to the gym in January, it's packed and you can never get on a machine. You can never get the weight you want. And, and slowly, you know, throughout January, people taper off and then it's back to normal come February.
0: February 1st is back <laughs> to normal. That's the day to go get a gym membership. Yeah, for sure. I, I actually think they probably charge more in December and January cause they're like everybody's oh, going to c- come in. Um, I don't like, yeah, they
1: definitely don't have any of the like waive your initiation cost things during those months for sure. Um, yeah. Okay, so um, and then I, uh, as we kind of reflect on the on the last year, here's another question for you. What was your favorite book you read in twenty seventeen?
0: Do I have to have finished the book by this by this point? Like can I have been I've read most of it in two thousand yeah. yeah, yeah that's and fine. It, then Oh no, that's that's tricky. Okay, I'm thinking sorry, I'm thinking yeah, out loud on a, yeah, you fine. guys cannot see the anguish on my face. <laughs> yep. Um Sorry, I'm thinking of that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw you for a loop here. All right. It's the mission of God. Yeah. But it's not the Joe Boot one. What? I'm not finished it. And I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not half... I'm like just under halfway, so I don't think I can count that for a 2017 that's fair, book. That's fair. That's fair. So I think that will be my answer next year, unless like, you know, there's something that blows me away on the... But the, the other mission of God book I read, it's a Christopher... Wright. Wright book. Yeah. And it's not so much the whole book that was great. There was just sections in it where it was just like, that was, that was very impactful. It's it's a, it's a missions book. So it's just talking about how in culture, we always want to impose our culture onto other people instead of just bringing the gospel into their culture. Mm -hmm. And so I, the way he articulates the idea of like explain the gospel to somebody in their own culture. So like you can, you can show them Christ, how he's Lord in their setting was really eye opening to me. I didn't agree with the whole book, but the, like just those little, those little tidbits, you know how books sometimes just have like two pages that just, just wreck you. And then you read 10 more and it doesn't do anything. And there's another page that book had a whole bunch of those where I just went back and just kept highlighting. Um, I really, really liked, um, I always get the title wrong. Um, Life of Man and the Soul of God or Soul of God and the Life of Man. Something yeah, like that. Life of Man and the
1: Soul of God. Henry Skogel. Love that book. Yeah, I finished I that
0: early this year. Um, and I also, this is I, I this is embarrassing. Um, this is the first year I ever read um, Desiring God. Oh, Sold wow. By Piper. Oh, okay. I, yeah. I never had it. I right. never had it. I, uh, uh, okay. yeah. So I read it. And you then, saw what all the hoopla was about? I saw what the fuss yeah. was about. Um, and I so I just, you know, I you know have those books and I'm sure you do this where you have, like, a list of, like, 10 books you want to get through. Yeah. But, like, one is always, like, fifth on that list. Yeah, yeah. And it just never, ever gets to the top.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. That's been about the last three years for me, Desiring God. Until this year, I was just, like, I saw it on our father-in-law shelf, and I was just, like... You just stole it. I just... Let's, let's I, just be honest. I, Dave doesn't doesn't always listen. I borrow kept. <laughs> that, that, that's what I did. That's what I like to. Refer. It's yeah. not stealing. He knows I have it, but yeah. I just have no intentions of ever giving it back. No, I'm just kidding. I asked for it for Christmas. Um, <laughs> but like, so I borrow I borrow kept it, and I read it, and it it yeah. it lives up to the hype.
1: Yeah, it does definitely. That was actually a really trans uh, really impactful book. It came along at the right time for me. That was that was good. Um, so I read an oldie that I had never read before this year, that was phenomenal, that I would recommend to anybody who, uh, and it was actually recommended by a friend uh, named Barry Falker. um, Faithful uh, listener. Who is a faithful listener. One of the 12. Yep. Um, um, And uh, and he recommended John Owen's book, Communing with Triune God. And uh, and I'd never I'd never read it I'd never cracked it and uh, I so I read that just squeaking through in December so I just got it in before the end of the year but it is phenomenal um, John Owen is uh, is I mean everything he writes is gold and I don't know how it kind of slipped under my radar and I had never read it but it was it was phenomenal um, another a, a book that I would recommend to anybody uh, that's a modern book that I read was um, the the things of earth by Joe Rigney, hmm. uh, phenomenal book. I think it was written either at the beginning of this year or uh, like beginning of 2017 or late 2016. I can't remember, but it's it's recent, it's, very it's very it's recent. It's new enough. Okay. And Joe Rigney, um, so it, and it's basically about you know how do we as Christians um, interact with the physical world, knowing that God intends us to live in the physical world with physical things like. Food and money and big screen TVs and all this kind of stuff. You know, there's there's the sort of radical. You know, you know, David Platts radical, where you feel bad for owning like you know too many toothpicks. Like you might be hoarding your toothpicks if you have more than you need for just today or tomorrow. Um, that sort of like you read some of those books and that's how you feel. Well, Joe Rigney's book was good, good because it was it was very very balanced. He talked about you know not involving yourself in materialism or consumerism how to how to stay free of those snares but at the same time recognizing um, that god intends us to enjoy food with family with friends and and um and and homes and it, it was a very good very balanced book and then he, he kind of gives some very practical advice for how we look beyond our things and through our things to the one who gives them to us so we can enjoy the gifts that the gift giver gives to us as long as we recognize who gave them to us so it was it was a phenomenal book it kind of was a a bit of a paradigm shift to be honest so that was a book that i would definitely recommend to to anybody that i read last year
0: nice can i change my answer yeah i sorry you know i read i read fairly a lot and so i now how many
1: books did you get through do you do you keep i feel like you have an excel spreadsheet
0: i did i did not get my goal Ah. my goal was 50 yep um and that's like i count anything that's over like it has to be at least 100 pages to count yep um but like that's not like church bulletin (laughs) church bulletin (laughs) check off another list Uh, my goal was 50 i didn't get i only got to 37 um part of it part of it is that the like mission to God, the mission. You gave me the mission to God, I think in September. Yeah. And I'm still not done it Yeah. because what I like, it's not only long, but it's heavy and I can't, and like, I just, I read two pages and I have to stop and I have to like process. And so I get distracted by, and then I keep getting distracted by other books. Um, So I have about four books currently on the go, but I I didn't get my goal, but I still feel okay about it. Um, I'm changing my answer though. I forgot. I read Heaven Misplaced this year.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. And that Doug book Wilson. is yeah. so good. It's money.
0: So good. And I also read, uh, Joe Boot just quoted it in his last sermon. Um, Gospel culture? No, Leslie Newbigin's book. What's that called? I just drew a blank on the title. Um, but it's a book by Leslie New- Newbigin, and it's amazing. Oh. Um, and it's like, uh, it's about missions. I read a whole bunch of uh, school, right? I read yeah. a whole bunch of books about missions. But, right, right. Um, that's what this whole podcast is really about—how to engage cultures, right? So, um, I read a whole bunch of books on that, and I also did read—I uh, actually read *Radical* this year too. So, when you brought it, up that, I was like, "Oh yeah, I read that in January. I got that for Christmas last year." So, right? Yeah, basically, my answer is like fifth on my list now. <laughs> so, there's that. Yeah. Read more is read the answer. More. Yeah, yeah, there's
1: yeah. More. And that's always uh, so. I I try to get through like a big volume of of some, like some sort of big um you know I, I remember uh jude is doing it this year our friend uh jude did it last year where he got through all of the the works of flavelle i did that a couple of years mm-hmm. ago um i this this past year i reread um religious affections by jonathan edwards which is kind of a big Um, the year before that I went through the institutes, which I had read before, but I wanted to reread them. So I try to, so I don't have a big volume yet that I'm going to go through. So, um, you know, if any of our listeners have a suggestion for me, I want to get through something big this year. Um,
0: how many do you think you got through this year? Books? This this isn't a pride thing. I'm just curious
1: now. Uh, probably, probably somewhere around the same, probably between 40 and 50. I I usually, 50, 50 is usually kind of my goal, but I don't always get there. Like, uh, But like I did read... Uh, Bet you
0: Jude hit 60.
1: Yeah, probably, probably. But anyway, end of the year, as you're making New Year's resolutions, uh, reading more is always a good one, always a good uh, resolution. So, And, and not, just, not just doing it to kind of get to a total, but like reading good quality books. Because the truth is, like you said, there's always good books to read, right? There's still a lot of... Oh, one book I read this past year that I'd never read before was John Bunyan's All Things for Good. And it was amazing. It was amazing. It's a Puritan paperback. I got it for like five bucks, and honestly, it was so good.
0: You, can I? Can I, I? Have I confessed to you before that I've never read any of Bunyan's books? *Pilgrim's Progress*. Never read it. Oh
1: man. Okay, that's um, what you have to do this year. You're. I'm. I'm making a New Year's resolution for you, and it's to read *Pilgrim's Progress*.
0: Okay. Well, it's I'm doing. So good. I'm doing it back to you, and I'm now going to put it on the podcast. So you have to. You need to grow back your hair and, and your beard. I liked when you had the shaggy hair, and I like when he had a little bit of The problem is makeup.
1: I'm not married to you. I'm, I'm married to your sister-in-law. That's true.
0: I feel like we spent enough time together, though.
1: Fair enough. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I should, I should grow the beard back. I should grow the beard back. I want to go for, I wanna go for the, the best beard of 2018 uh, in the Lamies <laughs> for the BMN Awards. Best beard. I'm going to go for it this year.
0: I didn't even get nominated for one. I feel great about that. <laughs> I feel great about it.
1: In a network with this much turmoil, that's probably a, a vote of confidence. That was a
0: joke. I was like, Oh, that people must like me. Oh, oh that's good.
1: man. Um so anyway, yeah, read more this year and and read good books. There's there's always good stuff out there. Here's here's a question as we think about the year that's coming. What would be one thing in culture that you would like to see um changed? And and when I say that I mean it would be easy to just be like, I I want the whole world to become Christians. But let,
0: let's
1: <laughs> <laughs> Not that that's a bad answer that's a, <laughs> that's a good, but uh, yeah exactly <laughs> that post um but uh but realistically what do you think can be accomplished in 2018 if uh if christians kind of get off our butts and and start fighting
0: i i don't know if it can be completely abolished in 2018 but i think i think 2017 showed us that we can we can make steps towards that yeah um and the answer the answer i think feels like kind of a out to say, it, but it's, it is to see abortion end, right? I think for the first time and maybe it's my awareness of the issue and it becoming more of a public um, issue with the end abortion now movement in the States Yep. that I think people are starting to see that it's not, it's not enough to just be pro-life. We have to be abolitionists. We yep. have to want it to end completely. Um, so I, I think we can make inroads to doing that. I think, this is one area where I think America is the Christians in America are far ahead of us in Canada. Yeah. I think we need to figure out ways to do that. And I think, I think it can be one of those things that we could see significant inroads in because to be honest, I think enough, enough people now are just fed up. Science is now completely open and it's on our side. Yeah. This is murder. There is no debate anymore. Not that there ever was, but, no one can argue the facts anymore. Now it's just an awareness thing. Yeah. And that's where Christians can step up, make it aware. And to be honest, Canada is doing everything in its power to keep our voices silent in this matter. Yeah. I think recently they've passed a bill. We're not even allowed to protest outside of places that yeah. they do abortions. Yeah. Well, there's enough of us in this culture now that they can't, they can't shut us up. So right. I want to see that end and I want to see that stopped among other things. But that's, that's yeah. one thing I think we actually could see. Yeah. If not so, this year, next year. I,
1: no, and I, I do agree with you. I think they're making some great traction in some of the conservative states in, in the U.S. So I think that's that I think, you know, let's let's pray that that happens in this in those conservative states. I think Canada is um, is a little further along on that. I don't I don't think we'll see that ending anytime soon. I think, you know, if, if the state starts to move in that direction, we'll start to see some traction. And, and just because it'll get people talking. Um, I think in in Canada, it's far more of a done deal, right? Um, But um, I would say for us up in Canada, so you've kind of said one, I'm right there with you um, for something that could happen in the States. For up here in Canada, I would say, I would just like to see the momentum shift on the um, discussion around... um, uh, gender dysphoria right so I think I think that so right now um, something that's going on is there's a, a professor uh, for in U, at U of T right uh, uh, Jordan Peterson who uh, refused to call uh, transgender individuals by their preferred pronoun. And then you have this Lindsay who who is a TA at Laurier University, which is just an hour up the road from us. Um, and she had a, a facilitated a discussion, showed one of Peterson's videos where he was debating this topic. And she was actually sat down by the faculty at Laurier University and told, you can't do that. Um, that she's basically violating uh, the Charter of Rights and Freedoms but what's great is that she fought back and she said no freedom of speech on a university campus in Canada means that we are allowed to show opposing views and she got she got issued an apology and um, I think that was a huge step forward for freedom of speech in Canada um, which isn't uh, guaranteed in, in Canada as it is the US but um, so I, I think, I think we can start to see, and I hope to see, and and hopefully, you know, we can be a part of that, changing the culture to um, being open to free speech again and, and being able to reopen up the, the conversation about gender dysphoria and, uh, and, and not making it such a done deal that, you know, we can't talk about this and ask questions. So I'd like to see the momentum shift there. And I think, um, I think that rebel Alliance can be part of, uh, of that. I think, uh, God's blessed us with a, a good good enough traction that uh, that we might be able to be uh, a small part of that at least in our, our little sphere of influence so anyway that's what I'm hoping for in, in 2018 amen yeah so um we we kind of wanted this to be a, a bit of a, a light episode, and we kind of got a little heavy at times. But uh, we just kind of wanted chit chat and uh, talk about what we're looking forward to this year and what we appreciated from last year. Uh, but but for sure, uh, one of the things I'm most thankful for in 2017 was getting this going. Mm -hmm. And so we did this uh, in a a video recently as well but uh, you know uh, we just want to say thanks to Dave Uh, Dave is the rebel you don't hear from a whole lot Um, he is uh, one of the reasons this has been so successful because without him uh, the quality would not be there the consistency would not be there we wouldn't be able to do this so thanks Dave thanks to all the listeners I mean it blows us away still when we kind of look at the stats and who's listening and all that kind of stuff and uh, and and honestly if I could ask anything of our listeners for this coming year here it's keep engaging with us. Uh, it's not just about you listening. Uh, we love that we get questions all the time. We love that we get, uh, comments. We love that people who start listening in places like Belfast, uh, you know, shoot us an email and try to send us coffee. <laughs> Thank you, Stuart, uh, Stuart Kernahan, yeah. uh, who tried to send us coffee and it got stopped by the Canadian border. Come on guys. Come on, Canada. Come on, Come on, Canada. Um, and got sent back to Belfast, but, uh, um, who knows what, uh, those Irish are putting in their bags of, beans so I, maybe, maybe we can thank our Canadian border guards for doing something but uh, thank you Stuart for trying to send us uh, some coffee but we love that we have listeners who reach out and interact with us and ask questions because we want we want to be covering topics and answering questions that pertain to you we want to help equip exactly. you to engage culture with biblical worldview and so if you're not getting your specific questions answered uh, you're not going to be uh, fruitful in engaging culture and we want you to be so Keep reaching out, keep contacting us and, uh, and, and we'll keep uh, doing the best we can to help equip you.
0: Exactly. And I I would just echo what Nate just said. Like we, we get so energized when we get it, when we get questions in and which does happen more often than not. After an episode, we at least get something from every, everyone, but each of us kind of get so jazzed every single time we hear from somebody like we had a listener just this week or just within the last couple of weeks, reach out from from Oregon and we're like, we have no connections to anyone in Oregon that could could know us word of mouth wise. Somehow she found us, reached out, Made had, a whole, had a great yeah, dialogue made, yeah. made our whole week type thing yeah. so we love it and we want to keep keep that kind of thing because like like we said we can figure out topics to discuss and, and do stuff but if you guys don't tell us what you want to hear what you're dealing with what you're facing in your day-to-day life
1: then we're just making it up we're
0: just we're, <laughs> just, we're, just, we're just hoping that it's applicable where yeah. we can make it actually applicable to you specifically if you yeah. if you give us those questions even if it doesn't have to come on air we can answer these questions behind the scenes we do that a lot so.
1: yeah for sure so uh, so a, a couple things that we have to look forward to um, We're looking at uh, if you're local, we're looking at getting on to a a couple more university campuses to do some uh, Q&A and uh, evangelism and apologetics training uh, a little bit more. So if you are at a university near London, Ontario, get in touch with us because uh, uh, we'll be at uh, we'll potentially we'll be at Laurier, we'll be at um, Waterloo, um, and doing some stuff there. Um, but, uh, and if you're not local, then, then make sure you reach out. We'll, uh, we'll try to get in touch and, uh, we have some great guests coming on. It's going to be an exciting year. So.
0: Yeah, and the Rebel World Tour goes live like June, right? So
1: Yeah, Rebel World Tour. Yeah, you know, all we we're ne- coming to get those beans. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> all we
0: need for that is you guys to pay for everything. Yeah. And we will gladly come and do a re- <laughs> live rebel yeah. where you are. Yeah. So it on the couch and <laughs> I feel like we'll get one taker and they're in Missouri. Yeah.
1: <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, right. Justin doesn't want us visiting I assume Brandon Brandon. Brandon, he's, Brandon nice he's so guy. nice. Yeah, he's a nice uh, guy. Yeah, yeah. Nice,
0: right. Well have a great one, guys. That's yeah. uh, this was just a fun episode to keep to keep you guys going as the new year starts so yep. hope you guys are engaging culture this year have a great one you've been listening to the rebel alliance podcast where we equip you to engage culture through a biblical worldview please take the time to subscribe on itunes or your favorite podcast app write a review and leave a five-star rating. If you would like to see all of our content, which includes podcast episodes uploaded to iTunes each Wednesday, and short videos about engaging culture released on Facebook each Friday, please visit us online at rebelalliancemedia.com. We love hearing from you, so if you have questions, comments, or would like to suggest episode topics, send us a message on Facebook or email us at info at Thanks for joining us, and you may now consider yourself part of The Revival.